0: You need to care more about a I little not care about
1: girl, I care about justice
0: The first court appearance for Marissa Shen's suspected killer and don't the heated it. exchange don't between protesters
2: Measles warning The exposure happened on Saturday at the Skookum Festival one patient who could have exposed hundreds to the infection
0: And an anonymous tip leads police to the stolen wigs it's amazing feeling. It's so nice. The question is, are they still usable?
3: You're watching Global BC. This is
4: Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, and thanks very much for joining us. We begin with breaking news and relief that a family of four has been found safe.
0: The Anderson family reported missing by another family member on Tuesday. RCMP say the mother and father and their two young girls were last seen Sunday and last heard from on Monday. It was believed they might have been heading toward Alberta. RCMP are not saying where they were located, just that everyone is safe tonight.
4: And also right now, breaking weather news. Meteorologist Christy Gordon has the details of a severe thunderstorm cell that passed through parts of the lower mainland. Some of the video is incredible, Christy.
5: That's right. You know, after a pretty uneventful day across the lower mainland, one thunderstorm cell blew up just before 4 o'clock, right over Pitt Meadows and Maple Ridge. And it wasn't moving anywhere. They were pounded with rain and hail the size of peas for about an hour and a half. The streets were flooded and slushy. It looked like it had snowed in some areas. Now, this storm pales in comparison to other storms around the world right now. But what is similar is the fact that it stalled or moved incredibly slowly, allowing for a massive amount of rain to fall in one area, with flooding, of course, being then the biggest concern. Now, it is weakening now, but we still have a risk of thunderstorms over the next couple of days.
4: All right. Thanks very much, Christy.
0: Now, heated confrontations outside Provincial Court in downtown Vancouver today, where the man accused in the murder of 13-year-old Marissa Shen made his first court appearance. Ibrahim Ali, a Syrian national who came to Canada 17 months ago, three months before Shen's murder, briefly appearing before a judge today. Jill Bennett was there and has more on what happened inside and outside the courthouse. Jill.
6: Sophie, inside the court, dozens of people clamored to get seats. It was so busy, and for many people, the first time they'd been in a courtroom, the sheriffs actually had to tell everyone to remain quiet, used hushed voices, and to be respectful. But outside the courtroom, after it was all done, even before it was done, that's where things really heated up. Outside the provincial courthouse in Vancouver, a vigil went ahead as planned, put on by members of the local Syrian community.
1: What the hope of us is to show solidarity to the family. No, no
6: no. But others also showed up outside court, sparking several heated exchanges.
2: No, no. I am disappointed that multiple immigrant communities are being are being put against each what other. What we are against no, today
6: here is, is, okay, us, okay. Let me make it clear. Inside Korea. court, Ibrahim Ali, the man charged with first-degree murder in the death of 13-year-old Marissa Shen, made a brief appearance. He stood silently in a faded red t-shirt, hands behind his back, listening to an interpreter convey the proceedings. We still believe that this crime was a random act. Ali came to Canada as a refugee from Syria in March 2017, sponsored by a group of families and a church. Some here say the prime minister needs to address the case.
7: Where's the leader? He needs to come out. Whatever policy he put on, he needs to take ultimate responsibility.
6: But another vocal group outside court, many immigrants themselves, say they are supporting the family and demanding justice, not blaming immigration law.
7: We're here to, to
1: express our concern of the security, of the safety of, of our community. Not only for Chinese community here, uh, people from uh, other di- different corners of the world. The two sides, we are uh, demonstrating a really important message of unity because we're all on the same beach.
6: Emotions running very high today. Jill, what happens next in the court proceedings? So outside of court, Sophie, Danny Markovitz, who is the defense lawyer for Ibrahim Ali, uh, talked briefly, saying that he had spoken with his client, his client's family. They are all horrified by the charge. Uh, He also said inside the court he needed more time, as he had just received a package of disclosure. Uh, The judge agreed to that, so the case has been put over. The next appearance for Ibrahim Ali will be on October 12th. Sophie?
0: All right, thanks for that. Jill Bennett in Vancouver. The appeal to find a
4: man who's wanted on a first-degree murder charge gets even more urgent tonight. Homicide investigators say Brandon Nathan Texera is considered extremely dangerous. John Wah has more on Texera's history and where police believe he could be.
1: Nearly a year later, residents in this South Surrey neighborhood can still hear the sound. We heard shots. And feel the horror of someone dying outside their neighbor's home. I remember they still had the block mark on the door. 28-year-old Nicholas Cabra was shot and killed just off Crescent Road. The man charged with his murder is still at large. We believe that Brandon Texter is still somewhere here in the lower mainland of BC, But we also learn that he has associates in Calgary and Edmonton. The 27-year-old was most recently spotted last week, less than 10 kilometers from the murder scene, but was able to escape police. He knows he's wanted by the police. He's wanted by eye hits. Uh, we know that he poses a significant risk to public safety. Tixera is 5 foot ten, about 161 pounds, with brown eyes and hair, and a snake tattoo on the left side of his chest, and a sleeve tattoo on his left arm. If spotted, do not approach him, as he's considered dangerous. He's charged with... Uh, a shooting a man to death, right? So we have to consider that he has access to weapons. The thought of Texera being still on the loose is unsettling for those living on this street.
4: It's one of those things that definitely hits close to home. Um, it would be nice to have some sort of
1: closure to it. That closure, I hit hopes, will come when Texera is caught and faces a charge of first-degree murder in court. John Hua, Global News.
0: RCMP and Whitehorse have arrested a mail bombing suspect. The bombing injured a Port Alice man when he opened the package in his home on Tuesday. RCMP say a 73-year-old man from Whitehorse was arrested yesterday and remains in custody. The investigation is ongoing. A tip from the public has led Vancouver police to a bag of stolen wigs. The wigs, many of them destined for kids with cancer, taken during a break-in earlier this week. Unfortunately, the wigs may not be usable, but as Aaron MacArthur reports, there is a silver lining. Oh my God, it's overwhelming. It's nonstop.
3: The donations have come in from everywhere and everyone. There was a big bang on my door and
1: I looked and I saw these bikers out there and I was kind of like, oh, uh, what do you want? And they're like, out of their pockets. We want to donate our hair.
3: Eva and Co. wig shop well on the way to recovery after a robbery last Friday.
0: There's so many good people out there. And all the kids that are like, we're okay, we can wait for our wigs. Are you guys okay? We're like, yeah, we're good. Thanks for asking.
3: The VPD have recovered 66 of the wigs, discovered in a bag in the hallway of a downtown Eastside hotel. The man who found the
2: bag knew exactly what it was. We're very, very thankful that they saw the coverage. They recognized what they had, and they called us immediately. There was no break in the. They had a look at them, they called 911, and we came right away.
7: To get the hair was my idea. Yes. To make it long enough, it was her idea.
3: Two kids from North Vancouver are cutting their hair next week to support wigs for kids. They've raised $2,000 so far, and the donations keep pouring in.
6: Of course, we'd made the decision uh, about a year ago to get the kids to grow their hair. and, um, And it was coming up, and then all of a sudden the wigs were stolen, so it was obviously very timely.
3: The recovered wigs appear to be in good shape. But the wig shop likely has to start over again anyway for the kids' pieces. If
0: they're contaminated and people with, you know, um,
1: compromised immunes, we could never, you know, pass on something like that. So we probably have to start again.
3: The VPD is taking a long look at a person of interest in this case. Recovery of the remaining 80-plus wigs remains a priority. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Today is deadline day for nominations
4: for this fall's municipal election, and it's been decades since we've seen so many mayors vacating their seats. Keith Baldry has a look at how that could impact turnout at the
8: polls and what can be done to encourage more people to vote. The civic election campaign is officially underway, but some familiar faces won't be on any ballot on October 20th.
4: I've been elected since 2002, mayor for 10 years. I personally think there should be term limits, so 10 years seems like the right term. But I think there's a bigger issue going on in society with social media and just the nastiness that goes on towards uh, elected individuals that are just tired of it.
8: A look at the map of Metro Vancouver tells the story. 13 municipalities, shaded in red, have seen their mayors decline to seek re-election. Just 8 of 21 incumbent mayors are running again, a record low.
9: I think the
0: four-year terms are putting some people off. It's a big commitment. I know for myself, when I looked at whether I would you know, get back into some level of electoral politics, I, I just didn't want to make another four-year commitment. And uh, for for stepping into a role for someone new, that's a lot to take on. I think people are increasingly concerned about some of the really sort of toxic nature of politics. It's, it's a tough business.
8: Even this week, uh, one of those mayors, Greg Moore, said at UBCM that he's concerned about Uh, the level of discourse towards uh, local government leaders on social media and even in the mainstream media. And maybe that's a factor as well. But having said all that, there's no shortage of candidates stepping forward to uh, fill their position. And the big political shakeup has many fearing of a voter turnout even lower than the usually low result.
9: I think people just look at it and
0: go, I don't know, why vote? I don't even know who these people are. In the areas where you can do it effectively, door-knocking is going to matter more than ever. Uh, people will vote for someone they've met on their doorstep and talked to, and that's that's been proven time and time again.
8: It's only those who show up to the polls that get to decide, and for people who don't vote... Um, you know, they have to live with those consequences
2: after the fact.
8: Voting day is Saturday, October 20th. That leaves five weeks to familiarize yourself with all the new faces running to become more familiar ones.
4: Sounds like we've all got a lot of homework to do. Keith Baldry joins us with more on Vancouver's ruling party, Vision. And Keith, Vision's dominated council here for years, mm-hmm. but it, it's not even fielding a mayoral candidate this time.
8: Yeah, more signs this political dynasty is almost done, Chris. It's run uh, Vancouver for well more than a decade. Uh, the problem, I think, with Vision came when the NDP got elected provincially. A lot of key people associated with that party uh, quit uh, Vision, like Jeff Meggs, has now become chief of staff to John Horgan, and working in other positions with uh, the, B- the B.C. NDP government. That seems to happen when the NDP is in power provincially. It does have an impact on the makeup of councils in uh, on the municipal level. We caught up with one of the independent con- uh, candidates, Shauna Sylvester. Because Vision is saying they may actually endorse some of the other candidates. And we asked her for her thoughts on that.
6: So I'm not looking for an
0: endorsement. But what I am looking for is for those people who have been with Vision, who see an alignment with me, with my platform, because it's out there. Um, If there's an alignment of values, I hope that they'll come my way and support me to become the next mayor of Vancouver.
8: Now, we also talked to uh, also independent candidate Kennedy Stewart off camera. He also says it doesn't really matter about endorsements. He's got his own campaign to run, but he'll take whatever he can get on, on that front. Nevertheless, uh, today's the beginning of a campaign that hopefully is going to heat up and hopefully we'll see some voter turnout. But with candidates really shackled on how much money they can spend, there's not a lot of ways to generate publicity, which means turnout's going to be a challenge for everyone.
4: Yeah, we hope we want, to, we want to get the numbers up. That banner was wrong, by the way, Keith. I just want to clarify. Sylvester is running, not for vision. She's an independent, is yeah. running in the municipal election. It was our fault for staying.
0: The all-out rescue effort to save people from Hurricane Florence with a monster storm surge blowing on shore. Later.
4: And Sophie goes over the edge Why she and many others are rappelling down a high-rise Coming up on the News Hour.
0: People in offices.
4: Very brave.
0: (laughs) I love solid ground. (laughs) Right. Right now, though, health officials are issuing another warning about measles on the Lower Mainland.
4: That's right. The risk of exposure is high for a lot of people who might not know it, with an infected patient visiting a number of high-profile events and using public transit. Nadia Stewart has more on this highly infectious disease. Nadia.
9: The exposure happened between last Saturday, September the 8th, and Tuesday, September 11th. Vancouver Coastal Health confirming an individual who went to the Skookum Music Festival and other locations around the city as measles.
2: We basically had a confirmation that they have measles as of yesterday evening.
9: Vancouver Coastal Health not saying much about the patient. We do know they are a BC resident and they showed all the typical signs of a measles infection.
2: They did have fever. Uh, they had con- conjunctivitis, so the red eyes, they had a dry cough, and then a couple days later they developed a rash that started on the face and then went down to the chest.
9: Most British Columbians have been vaccinated, but measles is a highly infectious disease. Health officials not taking any chances, releasing this timeline in an attempt to alert anyone who could be at risk. The individual took an aqua bus from Olympic Village to Hornby Street before the festival, followed by a quick Canada Line SkyTrain ride from City Centre to Broadway City Hall late Saturday night. On Sunday, the outdoor block party, followed by a ride on the Main Street bus. Then on Tuesday, this noodle box restaurant in Mount Pleasant. Avoiding measles involves two vaccinations, the initial shot followed by a booster. Combined, they're over 99% effective.
2: This particular case, this individual was also confirmed to have had uh, measles, mumps, rubella vaccination, a valid dose uh, as a child. As far as we know, there was only one dose on board.
9: Anyone who might have contracted the disease would be showing symptoms between now and September the 29th. If you do have those symptoms, call your doctor before going into the office. Nadia your Global News.
4: All right. If you believe you've been exposed, several Fraser Health public health units are staying open later tonight to provide vaccinations. You can find the list of locations on their website. And if you are unable to receive the vaccine by the end of the day... Doctors say be vigilant and, as Nadia mentioned, get immediate care if you develop a cough and a fever.
0: Now, on the topic of vaccinations, parents are being urged to sign consent letters for their children to receive the HPV vaccine. That vaccine is offered to children starting in the sixth grade with parents' permission. Officials say it has been clinically proven to prevent transmitting the virus, which can cause certain types of cancer. And they stress that boys can also get cancers related to HPV and should get vaccinated. The vaccine has been around for 10 years now and is covered by medical insurance up until the age of 19. A gas station canopy in North Carolina collapses in the punishing winds of tropical storm Florence, a scene repeated many times over across the Carolina coast. Elsewhere, the storm blew down trees, blocking roads, and much worse. And a marina gets some unusual visitors. Dolphins taking shelter from the storm closer to shore
4: amazing video and right now Florence is blamed for a number of deaths the most tragic in Wilmington North Carolina
0: first responders scrambling to a house where a father mother and baby were trapped when a giant tree crashed into their home at one point a ray of hope as the father was pulled out alive but a few moments later the faces of firefighters making it clear he would be the only survivor as predicted, one of the biggest threats was from the storm surge as winds pushed huge ocean waves inland.
4: Cities like New Bern, North Carolina, hit by a deluge that trapped hundreds of people.
10: An epic storm surge. More than 10 feet of water overwhelming New Bern. All day, rescues by boats I'm going right back. and massive National Guard vehicles. Sergeant, what are you seeing in these neighborhoods? Just absolute total destruction first responders got hundreds of calls for help racing into flooded neighborhoods at first light searching door to door for anyone stuck inside
5: I've never been so terrified in my entire life it was horrifying just wondering what's going on and and where the water's gonna go and how high it's gonna go and how we're gonna get
10: out many families took shelter on second floors and higher anyplace dry. Trying to survive. It was a long, wet, sleepless night for Will Williams and his wife. What was it like here overnight? uh, We got
8: water on the floor like this. Up here? In the house. In the house, like this.
10: Now a community is waiting for the water to go down, worried to see what damage lies beneath. Garrett Hake, NBC News, New Bern, North Carolina.
4: And on the other side of the world, super typhoon Mankud has made landfall in the northern Philippines bringing gale force winds equivalent to a category 5 hurricane and heavy rain. More than 5 million people are in the path of the storm and thousands have been evacuated. This area is already prone to flooding and landslides. And officials are bracing for the worst. The typhoon is also threatening Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the Chinese mainland.
8: It looked like Armageddon. It really did. There were uh, billows, billows of smoke coming fra- from Lawrence behind me. I could see plumes of smoke in front of me.
0: Residents of three Massachusetts towns are being told it might be some time before they can go home. After yesterday's disaster, overpressurized gas lines caused explosions and fires that damaged as many as 80 homes. One blast toppled a chimney onto an SUV, killing an 18-year-old teen on the day he got his driver's license. Twenty-five others were injured. Eight thousand customers have been told to evacuate until the gas service has been repaired and electricity restored. One mayor is blasting the gas company for lack of communication. Well, the fate of that ailing resident orca we've been tracking for the past few weeks is still up in the air tonight.
4: A number of scientists say J-50 has died. But as Linda Aylesworth reports, other officials aren't quite ready to give up on her yet.
11: Just south of Victoria on Thursday, a rare sight, a super pod. That's all the members of the critically endangered southern resident killer whales, pods J, K and L, gathered together but one. The ailing little female known as J-50 was absent.
2: The fact that this gathering occurred and J-50 wasn't there, to me, says that he's gone and, and her family is, is trying to deal with that.
11: Even J-50's devoted mother was within the superpod. Soon after the observation, two U.S. organizations declared J-50 dead. It's been a week since she was seen. Even so, the search continues.
12: It's very rare that you that J16 or mum would be seen without J50. So again, um, the probability that she's that is very low. But we're we're out here uh, looking for her from the
11: air and the water. Agencies from both sides of the border continue to search for any sign of
12: J50. We are covering vast areas, and especially the Fraser River estuary and adjacent areas, to to make sure if, if J50 is here, we'll we'll find her.
11: Also known as Scarlet, she was part of a baby boom in 2015. A small but rambunctious calf, seemingly healthy at first.
12: The growth rate was not uh, comparable to a similar animal of that age. So yeah, has had issues right from the start.
11: If she has died, recovering her body would help scientists understand why. Information that could potentially help the rest of her struggling species, of which only 74 would remain.
12: Anybody out here? On the water that sees anything that might look like J50, please call our 1 800 465 4336.
11: Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
4: Well, we hope there's some good news mm-hmm. on her coming up this weekend. Parkinson's is usually considered to be an older person's disease, but Larry Gifford was diagnosed at just 45 years old.
0: Since then, the CKNW program director has been raising funds for research aimed at finding a cure. And sharing his journey through a new podcast. Tonight we take a look at how Larry manages his illness and what other patients need to know Jab, cross. Jab, cross. Larry Gifford may not be
13: able to knock out his Parkinson's, but experts say daily exercise is one of the best ways to manage the disease. works on.
9: Too, right?
13: Although symptoms like his tremors and a dragging right foot have slowed him down, his life has actually picked up pace since Parkinson's came into the picture.
8: Welcome everybody to the Parkinson Super Walk. I'm here in another fundraiser. It's shake, shake, shake.
13: The radio program director is doing all he can to raise funds for research and support programs.
10: It's easy to blame everything on Parkinson's. Yeah, it is.
13: His monthly support group meetings provide solace in more ways than one. A reminder he's not alone and a chance to get advice from those who lived with Parkinson's for years like Richard Maida who was diagnosed 13 years ago.
1: I think one of the things I initially did was I thought I'll just deal with it on my own but actually having met people with Parkinson's really opened my eyes to what can be possible and what how much hope that these people have?
13: Like with many neurodegenerative disorders, little is known about the illness. In fact, there's not even a surefire way of knowing someone has Parkinson's. At least not while they're alive.
1: Despite that, Parkinson's disease actually just celebrated its 200-year anniversary last year. The only definitive way to diagnose Parkinson's disease is to do an autopsy at the time of death.
13: So neurologists like Dr. Jonathan Squires rely on patient stories
1: and tap like that, big and fast for me.
13: And physical exams.
1: Two three perfect good I didn't, fall. You didn't <laughs> fall there's a widespread shortage of neurologists in general our waitlist here at the center is a year and a half or so um, and despite recruitment you're you always feel like you're swimming against the tide
8: I'm just going to put this back here.
13: Gifford says he no longer drives because the disease has slowed his reaction times, but he remains driven to use his diagnosis as yep. a catalyst to help others.
9: Parkinson's is going to probably at some point steal my voice away. And so while well, I still have it, I need to use it for the good.
13: e Garcha, Global News, Vancouver.
7: There we go. That click? Is, it the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, is that normal? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, was that? Oh, there we go. Did that seem like panic? I don't know, who needs an an elevator when there are harnesses and ropes to lower you to the ground? Sophie here, joining dozens of adventure seekers today, rappelling down a 24-floor building in downtown Vancouver as part of the Easter Seals Drop Zone. You even met some friends along the way, it looks like. The annual event raises funds for Easter Seals House and Camp for children with disabilities. Very well done.
0: I'll take the stairs next time. Yeah. (laughs) I know, you... It,
4: it's really exciting though isn't it <laughs> that's one word to describe it
0: in a
5: very terrifying way
1: mm-hmm.
5: i did it years ago but i don't think i would do it now i did it when i was young i'm mm-hmm. not as smart you're still <laughs> young kidding. what
0: are you talking about
4: they are experts looking after you yes. nothing about the crew we're not talking about the crew they're no, no. very good with the ropes no, of course just no, it's scary. Just us.
0: all right yeah. we've got big weather news
5: uh, out east christy that's right. So still photos coming in from Maple Ridge, this one from Tara, and you can see uh, flooding in through this region with the hail on top of it. Don't forget, by the way, uh, cars can actually float in just a couple of feet of water, so do not uh, take... Um do not go into an area where there is flooding if you're not completely aware of uh, how much water is there. This is Maple Ridge, someone left their coffee cup out on their d- balcony and this is what they came back with, uh, pea-sized hail inside the cup. Thanks to Sea uh, Harder for that one and intense rain. This is looking towards Pitt Meadows and Maple Ridge and you can see how massive that storm is. So great photos. Thanks so much to everyone. It has weakened now, but we're still looking at rain in that region and that's why Environment Canada has uh, is has the um, warning still in place. They don't uh, lift it until uh, the rain is ended. So still the possibility of a little bit more flooding. We have more moisture off in the distance as well with a risk of thunderstorms. Uh, looking at Florence, I just wanted to show you it's now downgraded in that we have just, um, Uh, tropical storm warnings, no more hurricane warnings. It is going to make its way further north, but most of the moisture is actually going to be south of Toronto. Even as such, it's not going to affect that area or not even look like the hurricane that it was, but still another 800 millimeters of rain possible along the coast. We are also going to see rain across our region through the weekend, on and off, with the possibility of snow in the Caribou and Central Interior regions, both tonight and again tomorrow night. So from Prince George, right down into Williams Lake over towards Valmont, South of there, just showers with a risk of thunderstorms, and that's the same case for us. So yes, keep your eye out for thunderstorms tomorrow afternoon. We are going to see it on and off, and then it rain on and off also. Best chance for a dry day will be Tuesday. Right.
0: Nice to see a little bit of sunshine out there. Thanks, Christy.
4: Okay, so a Delta Cat owner has taken to social media trying to return clothing that's been stolen by
11: his
0: pet. And he now has video evidence.
11: Are these all your size? Yeah? Oh, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) Sean Bell set up a camera last night to catch Bella jumping from his deck and coming back with her latest score. Bell says Bella began bringing stolen clothing home last summer, but she's apparently escalated her larceny to the point where he now has a huge pile of ill-gotten gains. Based on the size and style, he believes much of this is from one person.
1: In the morning there's clothes on my on the patio, there's clothes in my apartment, so she she is busy and she does you know like to stay busy throughout the night cuz all she does throughout the day is sleep. So
0: So if you are mysteriously missing clothing, Bell has posted photos of some of the items on the North Delta Community Corner Facebook page.
4: (laughs) Let's hope it gets back to the rightful owner. That cat needs a lawyer. A
7: pattern developing with the B.C. Lions, but first... A pattern developing with the Vancouver Canucks. Here we go. Big question with the Canucks. How do you replace the goals that Henrik and Daniel produced last year, and even Thomas Vanek, if you like? One way to solve that problem is to get some of the blue liners to turn on the red light more often. Ahead to Brendan Leipzig. Leipzig centers, Edler shoots, he scores! That was a rarity last season. The Canucks' blue
10: line scored just 21 goals all year, less than one per week, and one of the lowest totals in the NHL. The Canucks stood pat over the summer on defense. The same eight guys who finished last year returned this season. So how will that same group increase that production on a team that is desperate for any kind of offense?
4: It's not just on the defenseman. It's it's a combination. It's forwards turning pucks over. It's forwards getting to the net. And it's defensemen getting shots through and them willing to join the rush. And they have the green light to get up the ice. We want to play an aggressive style of hockey.
12: And that part of that is defensemen looking to score as well. It's tough offensively, you know, teams are, there's such a focus on blocking shots, whether it's the first or second layer, it's tough to get shots through the net. I think for us, being able to join the rush, finding those openings, uh, being the fourth man on the attack, um, but it's easier said than done.
10: More than ever, that is the case. Defensemen need to add a new skill, getting the shot through to the net, and it's something they have to work on to be able to execute. I'm just trying to find ways to get the
3: puck to the net, different, uh, different options. I'm trying to use the back wall or trying to find a stick, a lot of the times you're not going to have a direct lane there.
2: I worked a lot over the summer uh, just on my shot uh, from the blue line, you know, being a little uh, persuaded, like getting around the first defender and getting the shot through. Alex Edler led the Canucks last season
10: with 34 points, which was 41st best in the league. But help is on the way. Quinn Hughes will be a game-changer when he arrives, possibly as early as this spring. He could be that 50 to 60 point defenseman that turns
7: the Canucks' blue line into an offensive weapon. very Delay Global Sports. Now one of the off-season acquisitions isn't healthy enough for training camp. Antoine Roussel has a concussion so he won't be doing anything this weekend in Whistler, although He did skate by himself today. He suffered the concussion in a scrimmage three weeks ago, skating with other players back in Montreal. Speaking of Montreal, Travis Houlay has never had a nice time playing Montreal. Four times he has suffered major injuries against the Alouettes, always in the month of September, and there's the fourth. Dislocates his his non-throwing shoulder and takes it out on the Gatorade Cups going down the hall because his right arm is still good. He's smacking the Cups' arm. So he's had two knee injuries and two shoulder injuries playing Montreal in the month of September. That's bizarre. John Jennings comes in right after the injury. Throws a touchdown pass to Brian Burnham. Lions defense has been playing well. Bo LaCombo. Two bows in his town. LaCombo and Horvath. Six sacks in this game so far. And there's a bit of dancing there as well. But it's not as good as this dance party. Check this out. Pick by Brandon Dozier of the Alouettes on Jonathan Jennings. Okay, wait for it. Name this 80s music video dance.
0: Well, that looks thriller. like Thriller.
7: Yes, it does. Oh.
0: oh.
7: Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations. <laughs> now, Lions, short field goal blocked. Chip Cox gets his hands on it. Tavon Campbell picks it up, and he's going all the way the other way. What looked like an easy field goal turned into a Montreal touchdown. And the Alouettes leading the fourth by one over the BC Lions. There wow. you go.
5: Coming up on ET Canada, ah, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin secretly tie the knot, plus Julie Chen stands by her husband, and the backlash is deafening. All of that is coming up at 7 right after
0: the news hour, but for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thank you very much, Cheryl.
7: Well, Well, uh, you saw saw the uh, little promotional moment uh, a little while ago about Satellite debris and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Now I have not. Yes, I'm not going to show you the the Bohemian Rhapsody one just yet. I don't know why I can't say that right now. (laughs) You know why? Maybe I was dipping into the Amstel. The first off is the Amstel Hold My Beer commercial. Here we go. (laughs)
3: Can
10: you hold my beer? Mm -hmm.
7: Beer, you're supposed to hold it forever. I mentioned Bo Lacombe and Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to do Bohemian Rhapsody. Before you show it, this is from John Lewis. Uh, the movie's coming out soon called Bohemian Rhapsody about the life of Freddie Mercury and Queen. So maybe this is tying into it. I don't know, but I like it. Here we go. See you.
1: See (laughs)
5: <laughs> it's a low-budget school performance.
7: Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. Yep. exactly. <laughs> Your
5: kids will be
0: doing that.
4: <laughs> yeah. a, couple of, a couple of volunteer hours by the teacher, I'm certain.
0: Yeah, or the parents. <laughs> or the
7: parents. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty. There, there's a, 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 pretty um, a YouTube channel where they have like teenagers and college kids trying to guess old songs. And do you know this song? Right. And a lot mm-hmm. of times they don't know the song at all. But I saw them do Bohemian Rhapsody in every one of them. You the song and the artist. Yeah, Yeah, they do it immediately. That song Mm. is cross generations. Very cool. There you go. Uh,
4: Big weekend ahead. Uh, Very quick shout out to the Capilano Rugby Club. It's not my club, but it's a good community. And they are celebrating 50 years in existence this weekend. What's Mm -hmm. the weather going to be like for celebrations?
5: Not so good. Uh, We are expecting it to remain cool through the weekend, right into Monday. And we do have a risk of thunderstorms again tomorrow afternoon, mainly along the mountains. We tend to get it. uh, Pit Meadows, Maple Ridge, sort of deep cove area gets hit. So watch for that tomorrow afternoon. All right.
4: Thanks a lot. Thank you for watching. Hope you have a great weekend.
0: Have a good night, all.